I love Friday. Dueling genre. Hello and welcome back to Rocky Minute, the daily podcast where we kick off two weeks of coma coverage one long <laughs> minute at a time. I'm your host, Doug. And I'm Jason. Is that Yep, I'm Jason. <laughs> and uh, joining us again on this Friday, we have our pal Sully uh, from Sully Baseball, Paul Sullivan. Welcome, buddy. Hey, how are you? And uh, you and I were, were referencing the right stuff before we started here. And I said, let's light this candle. And I just realized something um, that in terms of uh, the I'm a big sort of student of the history of the Oscars. And a lot of times uh, someone will win an Oscar and it isn't necessarily for the thing that they should have won the Oscar for. But they do makeups. You know, it's like, oh, man, you know, it's like Pacino winning for Scent of a Woman was, oh, man, really? We didn't give Pacino an Oscar? We got to get him. We got to get him an Oscar. You know, right, like, right. You know that, that happens. It's Scorsese for The Departed. Yeah. Not The not, Departed is a fine film, but that clearly was, oh, man, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Taxi Terrible, really? We, he has never won? Whole, you know, so um, I realized there's a little bit of that with the right stuff uh, and Rocky because – the Right Stuff is the only Academy Award won by Bill Conti, who wrote all the great music for the Rocky films. And he was nominated for Rocky and going to fly now uh, for best song, but it didn't win. I don't remember what won. And the best score that year, he wasn't nominated for at all. They went to The Omen um, and Jerry Goldsmith. And so there's Bill Conti never having won an Oscar. And he finally got to win an Oscar, and it was for the right stuff. And so that was a little – and don't get me wrong. The right stuff has an amazing score. But there was a little bit of, oh, man, we did not get an Oscar to the dude who wrote Rocky's yeah. team. Oh, man, we, we got – here you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's like, known for this, but he gets the Oscar for that. Yeah. All right. Bill Same. Conti has an Oscar. Not for Rocky, but he has an Oscar, mm-hmm. so – well, he deserves it for Rocky, for sure. Yeah. So. Uh, but today, uh, we're knocking out minute 75, which begins with Dr. Cooper, and it ends with Rocky walking into Adrian's hospital room. Whoa. Uh, we got the, I mean, they only show a little tidbit of it, but we got a long, long hospital room wait in the waiting room. I think everybody can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, I was... Uh, yeah, I'm a father of two, and I remember um, lots of times my, my wife went into a premature labor. Um, it wasn't didn't become as dramatic as this, but um, and she was. There was a lot of days where we went into the hospital for early contractions, and I'd be sitting in a lobby in uh, New York in the St. Luke's Roosevelt Hospital, just sitting like this, and. Uh, I love that you have no idea how long they've been sitting there, but you know mm-hmm. they didn't just get there. <laughs> no, no. But also, in while well, they're both sitting here in the hospital, they're both sitting. Oh, oh shit! Hold on. Oh shoot! Hold on a second. I, I, I messed up. Um. Yeah. Edit this out later. But they're both sitting here. They both are. You know. 
I, I wanted to say something, but the, no, the my, um, I, I shut it down and then it can't. So they're both sitting here. And you got to think that like both of them probably feel responsible for this because what the doctor's going to say to them is that it was from uh, stress from being pregnant and overworked. Mm-hmm. So like Rocky's probably thinking that this happened because he made, she went back to work in the pet shop and was carrying the garbage can of whatever around. And Paulie probably feels guilty because he was just yelling at her before this. Yeah. Was, that, was that a gong? <laughs> Paulie probably feels guilty because he was just yelling at her right when this happened. So they're both like, you have the the concern, the worry about what's going on here, mm-hmm. about that she's hopefully she's going to be okay. But you're also, both of them are probably feeling a lot of guilt and they each think it's their fault. And Rocky doesn't know that Paulie was yelling at her right before this happened. So Rocky right. probably thinks it's all his fault. Well, I, that's a perfect segue, Jay. Also, because, real quick, before I, to ruin the segue, is there's so many other chairs in this waiting room. We could see two of them and scream. Why are they both sitting the, on the same chair? The same chair. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, there's no, there's, no, there's no separation between the two. No. That's funny. Okay, what's this, what do I segue into? You segue it into the book uh, uh, because oh god, <laughs> because they have a little uh, waiting room blurb here of what Rocky's thinking. I was thinking all kinds of stupid thoughts about what happened. If it were me who caused it, or whether Paulie had caused it, and if Paulie did cause it, I swear to God, I was gonna nah, forget that. That ain't gonna help nothing. Because if I started thinking along those lines in five minutes, I would jump all over Paulie, and I wouldn't even know if he was guilty of nothing. He had always argued with his sister, so I couldn't go punching him now and expect that would change anything. So he kind of assumed <laughs> that it was Paul. Right. Well. This is inner monologue of Rocky. I, 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 I prefer the silence. <laughs> <laughs> because the last time Rocky saw Paulie, it was when Rocky was training. Paulie was uh, he was on his way out to go fix things <laughs> with Adrian. So God only knows Rocky has no idea what Paulie had said to her. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I like this. This is just quiet. The two, the two don't have to say anything to each mm-hmm. other, mm-hmm. and that, and you know, Polly has nothing resembling a neck. He just is sort of, he's just sunk so deep into that that chair. It reminds me of a little bit of when Fredo was in that bouncy chair in the in Lake Tahoe during the you know, I'm smart scene oh, in oh, Godfather yeah. Two. And he just looks like he has no bones in his body while he's doing that, and 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 Paulie just looks totally filleted here. He just looks like he's there's he's just a bag of skin, and you know he lost weight before this movie was filmed. So I mean, he he doesn't look any thinner than uh, old Paulie there. The way he is, yeah, like, but he, sunk but it's, yeah, but it's also you you could dress someone and look, make them look rumpled and everything, and it wasn't. It, it wasn't that Paulie was a big fat guy. It was that he was disheveled. Mm-hmm. And so even if Burt Young, the actor, trimmed down, you know, Paulie is, is, uh, can be a, a nice hot mess. And even if he's trim, it's just sort of, yeah. you know, he's, it's how he's dressed. It's how it's his posture. I mean, look at him. I mean, just look at him. He just looks like he's got no spine there. And, of course, next to, uh, you know, next to Stallone. And he's... Uh, you know, that's kind of who he is. Yeah, they're they're sitting on the same couch, like on the same on the same level. But Paulie looks like he's so much lower in the seat than Rocky is. Yeah, that's weird. So the doctor comes in. Yeah, Doctor Cooper, uh, an actress named Rotania Alda, uh, a Latvian uh, actress. She's what? A Latvian. She's from the country Latvia. Oh yeah. Still working today. She was in films such as The Deer Hunter, Mommy Dearest, Amityville Horror Two, The Possession. 
our buddy Ryan Rabalkin, who hosts Going the Distance, the Rocky Series podcast, actually interviewed her for his show. So uh, uh, go uh, look up Going the Distance and check out that interview. So what we have here now, if you look around the hospital, this isn't the Pennsylvania hospital. This is Saint something because there's a huge crucifix behind her. There's nurses and, and nuns in the hallway. There's there's like three nuns there. She says she tells him that the baby's is fine even though it's a month premature. She doesn't get a close up though. Like she she walks in and then the rest of it is the back of her head and then a slow zoom in, zoom into Stallone and his mm-hmm. reaction. And I get why they're doing that. I get why he did that because first of all he's the director. Oh, maybe a shot of me would be good here. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but you know you want to see Rocky in what should be one of the the great moments of his life. Turn into a moment of real pain. Yeah, um, and I'm, I, I can relate to that to a degree because the day my twin boys were born, my son Aiden was in the NICU and his lungs didn't open properly. Mm-hmm. And I asked the nurse, you know, he's going to be all right, right? And she's like, "Well, no, in the morning." So the first night of me being a dad, I wasn't jumping up and down. No, I was, I was this hot mess of. You know, oh, my God, I can't, you know, the twin boys and one of them has like a Darth Vader mask on his face. And everything. now he's this, you know, he grew up as a nice, big, healthy boy. But right. that first night, this scene hits a little home for me because it's like I'm a father, but I'm I'm depressed. I'm, 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 I'm all I can feel is sadness. Mm-hmm. And so there's the fact that that happens and is happening that, you know, that. It is a wallop of a, you know, of an emotion, and I like the fact that Stallone plays it with kind of a blank canvas that he doesn't try to, you know, emote. Because I remember when, you know, when they told me, I didn't break down crying. I didn't. I just was kind of like I kind of had this thousand yard stare. Right. And what so I know? think I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make this sad. I mean, my boy is fine. He's, yeah. It's not. <laughs> you know? He's, he's a teenager now, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, that's, you know, that's something that is, you know, they stay on him, but I feel badly for the doctor. She's, you know, she has this, her big scene and she doesn't get a close up. Yeah. It's an actress. I'm sure they did. I said, you can cut to me once. You can, right. <laughs> you, you know, my one dramatic reveal and you only see is the back of my head, you know, it, it might as well be like, uh, you know, when they start zooming in on Stallone, like or on Rocky, and like like a disembodied voice that's just like echoing through his head, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's not like uh, you know, when in um, Breaking Bad, when the doctor tells Walter White he's got cancer, it's just a, a zoom in on Walter White, and the doctor's voice is like a faraway echo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so it's it's kind of like that, you know. Yeah. Then you know, then they start walking down the the, the hallway. Well, she said she's. Interesting point. I, I noticed. She says it's a month premature, not he's. Do they not yeah. always like refer to baby <laughs> from their gender by their gender? I, maybe she's not saying that. She, maybe she's not referring to baby. Maybe she's referring to the pregnancy, like the pregnancy. Yeah, the oh, month. Is, the pregnancy. Uh, is, oh, okay. It's, it's premature. Or is she uh, yeah. is she careful about not knowing what the baby wants to identify as? Oh, that was true. And uh, you know, so she's she's. Doing She's ahead of her time. Yeah, ahead of her time. Right. In New York now, you can uh, you can put an X at the, at the gender. Right. They let them pick it later. <laughs> I, 
this has nothing to do with anything. And I was saying to you guys, I wanted to get going, but naturally I'm going to derail it with something else. Uh, when my boys, where it was clear the boys were going to be okay, you know, the next day it was like, okay, yeah, he's his lungs open and great. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a moment when I was alone in one of the rooms, the NICU, and they handed me, it was in Manhattan, and, and they handed me these sheets. And they were, I had the job of filling out their names. And this is what was going to appear on the official birth certificate as issued from the state of New York. And I realized the power I had my, in my possession yeah. at that point. That I could have named him Obi Wan Kenobi <laughs> Veal Parmesan Sullivan if I wanted to, and officially New York would have to give me a a, a birth certificate <laughs> with Obi Wan Kenobi Veal Parmesan Sullivan as the name of my boy. Um, fortunately, he showed some restraint. <laughs> cooler heads prevailed, and I wrote the two boys' names the you know the way that they're supposed to be. That's but it, funny. That I could have, I didn't even have to put Sullivan at the end. I could have called him, you know, Slap Maxwell Xylophone Cambodia. Boom, that's his name. <laughs> Legally, Slap, come over here. You know? <laughs> slap. That, that moment, because I was remembering. Wait a minute, I, this is the, I'm spelling it the right way, right? A N, right? Because yeah. you because know, Dwayne Wade's name. You know, the, the basketball player from the Heat, his name is spelled D-Y-W-A-N-E because his mother misspelled it on the goddamn birth certificate oh, thing. Oh, and so forever, it's D-Y-W-A-N-E. And so, you know, I was like, oh, God, spell the name right, Sullivan, Sullivan. Don't write S-U-L-L-E-Y. Come on, Sullivan. <laughs> you double check, you, you triple go, check. One shot at this. This is going to, this is going to Albany. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good. It worked out for everybody except Dwayne Wade. Exactly. Well, Dwayne's done okay. He is what three world world championship millions of dollars in the bank, and he's going to the Hall of Fame. I think a little uh, typo on his name doesn't doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. Uh, Rocky here seems like uh, not that he couldn't care less about the baby, but still his focus is now and always will be on Adrian. Yeah. She, you know, says the baby's healthy, and then uh, Paulie's the one that asks, "What? What is it?" She says it's a boy, and uh, yeah, again, like I said, Rocky, Rocky's just asking about Adrian. How's Adrian? And this is where it gets a little heavy because she, the nurse, the doctor starts talking about the complications. Yeah, we get a a, a, a music note here. The sad yeah. music starts, and here's like Stallone and his great nonverbal acting. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a lot of, as, as me being a lapsed Catholic here, there's a lot of Christian imagery here. Like when he's, you know, you, you mentioned when the doctor was walking in, there's a big crucifix. When he's walking up the hall, you see one of the crucifixes are there on the, on the left. And of course he's got a cross, uh, hanging from his neck. And as he's walking up the hallway, there's another kind of I don't know if either one of you are Catholic or not, but there's one of the the kind of the stations of the cross mm-hmm. things on the side Statues. of the wall. Yeah, yeah. And I had to actually pause for a second because for a second I thought her room number was six six six. Yeah. Now it turns out it's six six nine, but for a minute you, I rewound it because you could see for a second six six nine. Mm-hmm. But for when I wasn't paying attention, you know, I was distracted by the tiger on the back of his jacket. Yeah. But um, I thought, like, if he had Adrian in room 666, 
Yeah, that that just would have been too intense. That would have been like he's he's his Rocky's descent into hell, <laughs> and and you know and has the devil taken poor Adrian? Do you know uh, what they call the number six six nine? It, it does have some some religious undertones. <laughs> the devil's orgy? I don't know. A... <laughs> they call it uh, in the angel number. Uh, what I what I found here is the number six can symbolize a new beginning and a much better life. Uh, this number advises you to start over to begin a new life, which will be based on the strong emotions and feelings. This number tells you to follow your heart and listen to your intuition. Uh, and you call, and you call this number rate supply, and it's five ninety five a minute. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, because six is listed twice. The number two also has a special power, and it's strongly connected to the number six. The number is related to intuition and instincts. This number also symbolizes physical abilities, spiritual strength, peace, and calmness. You still want to question my uh, color theory, Jay? Yes. His blue Wait, shirt. Is this, is this all in the novelization? What are you reading no, from? No, this I found this on a website. Oh, so you know it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's, it has to be. It's on the internet. I was thinking when we, we go into the room and you see Adrian there you know, in her coma, and there's a lot of coma coming up here. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about Talia Cher in in these scenes, that for her, these must have been the best days at work. It's just like, I'm going to come in. I'm going to lay down. I don't have any lines. I'm just going to keep my eyes shut. And that's my day for weeks and weeks and weeks. Her day, I'm, she checks the call sheet. Oh, I'm in bed again. Okay. <laughs> There's no matter directing Stallone could give her. Just lay there and close your eyes. You know, make sure your eyes don't open. You know, just keep your head to the side. You know? um, yeah. What, I, I talked a little bit in the minute about um, some of my problems I had with, with Rocky II. Again, I will emphasize I like Rocky II. It's not I, I don't think it's a bad movie, but I, I do have some issues with it. I think even the place you know, I mentioned this, the scene when he had this argument with Mickey in the locker room felt a little forced. Like it's like, well, I got to have a scene with Mickey here. And so it doesn't it just sort of shows up. And I think the coma just sort of shows up. You know, that, that you know, yeah, she, she had a complication of the pregnancy, but like, okay, now we're not like all of a sudden we're now in a coma movie. Mm-hmm. And of course you're going to feel something because you know, this is one of the great screen romances of all time. You know, you know, you spent the whole movie wanting Rocky and Adrian to get together. And so right. the fact that he would lose her at the moment that should be their apex, of course, but it also feels a little like, and uh, she's in a coma, and mm-hmm. so we're going to cry over that. And it kind of feels it feels a little forced. And again, forgive me because I'm going to talk a little. I'm, I'm going to talk down about this movie a little bit. It gets to my biggest problem with Rocky Two, which is it wants to it, it it kind of wants to have its cake and eat it too. You know what I mean? That there's it wants to have the realism of the first Rocky. But it still still wants to also have the crowd pleasing sequel, uh, you know, wants to be a crowd pleasing almost action movie. And in this film, it's a little bit like in a transition. It's like it's not sure should I, you know, should you go all in to sort of Rocky being a superhero, or do we keep it grounded in reality? And the and it's a little bit of a middle ground. 
-hmm. What I love about Rocky three, and I like Rocky three better than I like Rocky two. And I think a lot of people like Rocky three better than they like Rocky two. I think if you talk to Rocky fans, I would, I think that most of them would say the first Rocky is their favorite. And then probably, I think a lot would say Rocky three, or I guess it depends on which was the one first one you saw in the theater. Right. But, um, by Rocky three, they just embrace the cartoon. They embrace, he's a hero. He's basically a superhero. Yeah. And you can even see in the posters, like in the first one, he's all beaten up. And this one, he's kind of bruised. And then Rocky three, his hair is perfect. His muscles are glistening. He's in front of like a clouds, you know, with the championship belt in front of him. That's right, yeah. And of course, by Rocky four, <laughs> he is Captain America. But it, there's this film kind of is a feathered fish. Like it's it's a little cartoony, but a little realistic, and and oh, it's, we got to hit these emotional moments, and they kind of feel a little forced. And then you have the 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 cartoon fight at the end, um, which spoiler, I'm not going to spoil what happens in the fight at the end, but it's a little it, it's a little over the top, and by that I mean over the top, not Stallone arm wrestling anybody, but. Um, Stallone, Stallone <laughs> over the top. Yeah. Golang Globus reference. I hope you get during this entire time here. I love over um, the top. Yeah, over the top. Over the top is exactly what it is. If if you're flipping around on TV or you're like doing chores and it's on in the background, it's a dumb Golang Globus film that is good to have on in the background. But mm -hmm. as a movie, you know, it, it's just it's it's insane. But anyway. Um, but that's my main issue with Rocky two is that it wants to be Rocky one and Rocky three. <laughs> you know, it, it wants to be that's kind right. of the, it wants to be the realistic emotional film, but it also wants to be a superhero film and its feet are on two different planes. The first one is a realistic movie. There's, it's a, you know, it, there's no getting around it. You feel, it feels real. It feels visceral. Great. Rocky three feels like an episode of the super friends. And this is kind of uh, the cocoon. And by that, I mean the metamorphosis, not Wilford Brimley and Don Amici swimming <laughs> in a pool getting horny. I thought you were referring to the movie. I, I, I haven't seen that movie in a long I loved that movie when it came out. I wonder <laughs> if it holds up. I really wonder if it holds up. But anyway, I mean, that's it sounds nitpicky. And I guess in a way it is because in the end, it's Rocky Two is fine. It does the job. It basically was, I want to see Rocky again, but Rocky win. You know, that's basically the purpose of this movie. Uh, and there's also, I can't help but wonder what would have happened if Paradise Alley or Fist had become very successful movies. Because if they were, would Stallone, because you know, Stallone was billed, in the original Rocky, in the trailers and in all the publicity for it, as this great new movie star in the, uh, like, Pacino or De Niro. And I wonder if Fist or Paradise Alley had hit, for those of you wondering, those are the two films he made right after Rocky and before Rocky II. If those films had hit, I wonder if he would have even done sequels to Rocky. He's like, no, I'm moving on. That was a film I made. It was a hit, but I'm now doing other things. Or if the sequel to Rocky and the rematch with Apollo were just inevitable, but uh, you know, I wonder, you know, if that would have how that would have changed his life. But anyway, it's my issue with Rocky too. Is it and these scenes where there's 
kind of a forced uh, argument with Mickey in the locker room and suddenly a forced coma to hit the emotional buttons. Mm-hmm. It, it hit my issues with the film. And they're nitpicky. In the end, I like the movie. But in terms of rewatching a Rocky film... This isn't your go-to. It, it's it's not my go-to. Like I'll rewatch the first one any day of the week. And I find myself rewatching the third one. The fourth one, the one with Drago, is amazing because I think there's 20 minutes of original footage in the film. <laughs> and the rest of it's montage. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And, and I watched the... I told you, I watched one through four with my kids and they loved them. And when Mickey, uh, spoiler alert for Rocky three, when Mickey died, there were tears the size of basketballs flowing down my son's face. Really? Wow. But when we were watching Rocky four and they loved Rocky three, they loved, loved, loved Rocky three. But when I showed him Rocky four and there was like the third or fourth montage, (laughs) my son, my son, Aiden just kind of bubbled under his breath. More clips. <laughs> <laughs> so even back then, he realized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was eleven years old. He got more clips. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's, like, that's my boy. <laughs> that was the, that was the crap that I loved back then, right? Yeah, because it's because it was the the Rocky films adapt. I mean, it's funny that we people joke like, oh, it's the same story over and over, but it's not true. They adapt. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, it was a realistic seventy gritty seventies film, and then it really became eighties. You know, MTV. I mean, Eye of the Tiger and everything, yeah. and then it was kind of you know propaganda, and then there was that sort of sort of nostalgia of pop culture that came through in Rocky Balboa, and then sort of a reinvention with Creed. I mean, it, it adopt it adapts like crazy, and I think that. That that's one of the reasons why it stayed relevant is because it, it's it's adaptations are subtle. It's kind of like the way James Bond films, uh, you know, adapt for each decade. You know, it's the same. It's the same. You know, wine, but different ways to bottle it. Right. And here we are, still talking about it forty something years yeah. later. And and it's still relevant. I mean, relevant, like, I mean, yeah. big, a big part because of the success of the Creed films. But but even without them, it's like you you stand on top of a a stairway and, and and jump up and down with your arms up in the air. Everyone knows that. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's it's iconic. So anyway, it's my nitpicking of it, and um, but it's still, you know, it's fun. You know, Rocky Two is fun, but it's it's not it's not nearly as fun as one or three. Well, I can uh, I can understand and appreciate your your opinion on it. I mean, the beauty of doing what we do is that you know everybody has a different opinion, so. We have a forum to take as many different opinions as we can handle, you know, Yeah. and listen to them all. So we appreciate it. I mean, we can't thank you enough for coming on and making yeah. time in your schedule for us. Yeah, and I, and I pity the, to, to paraphrase uh, Clubber Lang, I pity the fool who has to do all these uh, coma. Uh, yeah, those are going to be, those are going to be tough, man. Those are going to be tough <laughs> bring, minutes. Bring a book. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you, one last time, tell the fans, you know, about Sully Baseball and where they can find it. Um, go to um, check me out uh, at Sully Baseball on Twitter, and um, uh, I'm going to be relaunching the podcast very soon. Uh, certainly by the time the baseball season begins, uh, we're going to be doing lots of interesting things and having some great guests and having some interactions as my beloved Red Sox uh, try to uh, 
to ease the pain of Boston fans who just wanted to see their team win five World Series in their lifetime. Yeah, it's and, been a rough uh, decade so far. Rough decade. I know. They're, 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 look, at it's, this is a tough time for Boston sports fans. It's been months since there's been a parade. No, it's it's nice nice time for Boston fans. I know, I know, it, and I I keep telling my 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 Boston sports fans, beware because um, this will come crashing down eventually. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's been two great decades back to back. There's gonna be a crap decade, so <laughs> it's, it's bound prepared. to happen. Just 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 pile it's up start the, on Sunday. You're crashing yeah. down. Oh. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. Uh, just as long, as long as the Red Sox keep winning, I'm happy. That's all yeah, I care that's about. <laughs> good luck with the relaunch of the podcast yeah and uh you know when we come uh come up for rocky three what do you say you join oh, us again oh, i pity the <laughs> fool who doesn't ask me to be on that. all right man uh well we're rocky minute wherever you can find podcasts uh doing genre.com is our host website uh rate subscribe review whatever the uh the saying is and uh have a great weekend and we'll see you on a brand new rocky minute what are we waiting for take this Do you know what I feel badly for? Hmm. What actress I feel badly for is uh, the late Sylvia Meals. Right. That she was Apollo Creed's uh, wife, um, and she passed away in 20, um, uh, like 2010, I think, 2020, 2020, uh, 2011. And so, she, you know, her role is played by um, Felicia Rashad. Felicia Rashad in. The in the Creed films, so it's like if she had lived, I wonder if they would have brought her back. Rest in peace.